Good morning, everyone. George Watkins, welcome to Super Wednesday. Well, I know I'm overly excited this early in the morning, but the Word of God does that to you. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for coming by. What I want to do today is talk about prayer. I wrote a little piece in the uh, notes below about comparing the, a meeting with a very important person in your life, a star, a superstar, how we wouldn't miss a lick. We would be there with our, <clears throat> with our, our best suit on. I remember in uh, the mid-70s, we were pastoring in Southern California <clears throat> in a great charismatic church, part of a pastoral team, actually, and someone made a contact with Pat Boone. He was very popular then and said that we were going to be able to go meet Pat Boone. Well, I got to tell you, I was excited. Arliss and I went to the uh, <clears throat> went to the Pat Boone show, taken in the back with uh, some of our team, and we got to talk to him. And then I had pictures. I, I, I took pictures with Pat Boone with my camera, which when I got home, <clears throat> I forgot to put film in it. All those personal pictures with Pat Boone never happened in my, <laughs> only in my mind. So when we have that thrill of being close to someone important, we are attentive and we are there on time. However, we have been invited into the holy chamber of God's counsel. Isaiah tells us, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. He's inviting us into his counsel chamber to have an, an exchange, a, a, a dialogue, or a, mon, a dialogue, that's two people back and forth, and as Abraham did, talk with the Lord and discuss the current affairs that you're involved with. So we want to talk a little bit about prayer. Before I do, I want to welcome the new friends. And if you haven't subscribed, on YouTube you can do so. And Facebook, like us. Remember, we're on some other channels also or some other platforms. Amen. <clears throat> I have an expectation in my spirit for this new year. I'll tell you why. <laughs> One of the main reasons is the world is really negative, and they are predicting everything from, you know, the sea freezing over till the end of the earth, end of the world, and everything's falling in. Well, I tell you, when that happens, it's time to believe God and to live according to our covenant promises. When that's going on around us, we shine. The darker it gets, the brighter our light bulb is. So keep, keep your lights on, folks. Keep your lights on. <clears throat> There's some great stories, stories about people and people of prayer. There's some great teachings on prayer. If you haven't read a good teaching by some of the praying saints, I would suggest you do that.
Also, <clears throat> there's some wonderful uh, ancient, I should say ancient, like 1700s, 1600s, from some of the mystics that wrote about their time with God and prayer time. Then we go into the early Americas through the 1800s, when we had some supernatural revivals, the, the, the Great Awakening, the First Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakening, that where God came in and changed the course of history through the things that he had, that he brought to this nation. Now, Charles Finney was certainly one of the early revivalists that really turned the nation to God in his, in, in his time. But he had a man working with him called Father Nash, who was an intercessor. Father Nash's job or, or mission was to go ahead into the city where where uh, Finney was coming and and pray. He would rent a, a, a small bedroom or a small hotel room and he would lock himself away and intercede for the city. They had great revivals. They had great revivals. There was a uh, there was a hundred year uh, prayer meeting called the Fulton Street Prayer Meeting. And it started by a Christian businessman who just knew there had to be a move of God. This was just about the mid-1800s. It was uh, in New York. And he started meeting in the, in the upper room with a couple of businessmen. It began to grow. It began to grow until it caught fire. And that Fulton Street uh, prayer meeting went from city to city until the East Coast was having these businessmen meet at noon and pray for their nation. Now, pay attention to the fact that that was just prior to the Civil War. It was that type of prayer investment into this nation that changed the outcome of the Civil War and the future of this nation. If we had have been divided and stayed divided through the uh, because of the uh, you know the disagreements with slavery and a few other things besides just slavery, we would not have been a United States, and because of that, we would have turned into something like Europe with little small countries connected together. But God had other plans that we would impact the world through the gospel. So we stayed together because of prayer. Now, on into the, in the early 1800s, they had things called, uh, one, one situation called the Cane, uh, Cane Ridge Revival. And that was probably about 25 or 30 years before the Fulton Street Revival. Now, these people went out into the woods down in the south, in Carolina, Georgia, and uh, began to pray and have camp meetings. They had a, what they call a camp meeting, an outdoor camp. They would pray. It turned into a blaze of fire that, sh that shaped, again, shaped the, nations, the nation and shaped our history. Okay, we go then into the 1900s the great Pentecostal uh, revival that came out of men and women praying 
asking God, calling on the Father, standing in the gap, interceding, and so forth. It started, the, the uh, outbreak started by a man in Wales. Prior to the um, Azusa Street, prior to that in 1906, in Wales, a few years before that, there was a young, a young Welshman that began to pray for his nation. And as he prayed, God began to have, they had, the, they, they had these meetings as they moved from place to place, having meetings, and the fire and the presence of God began to come. They tell me that you could see across the fields at night and lights like um, almost like uh, lightning bugs would start coming into the church. That was the angels of the Lord beginning to gather into those churches. They said they claim they had 100,000 converts in those two or three years that Evan Roberts, that young man, <clears throat> uh, sparked a revival. So that caught and went into the Americas. And around the term, around that same time, there was a there was a, a, a fella that began to call on the Lord. He had a uh, he had a Bible school in Kansas, and they started seeking the Lord. And God gave one woman um, the gift, the breakthrough, other tongues. She began to pray when she began to call on the Lord and pray. That sparked a move of God among a certain group of people. And this, 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 this man then was teaching a class on the Holy Spirit in Texas when William Seymour, a one-eyed black man, sat listening in the hallway because they had segregation, and he listened to the teaching on the baptism, and he took that to the Azusa Street area rented a, an old mission and, and uh, turned it into uh, that place where it it brought in what we call the azusa street all of that comes out of someone that began to seek the lord now you and i like to put ourselves into those places of importance well i want to pray until i can shake my nation i think that's part of our our DNA. We just, we want to be, you know, a spark plug. We want to change something. That's good. But you may not be that one that brings in a national revival. You may not be the one that is pointed to and, you know, that that's the person who prayed and changed the nation. But I tell you what, you and I are so important because we, we stand in the gap in prayer for our region, our families, our future, our grandchildren, and their children. You see, our prayers go into the Father's heart, which has really eternity in his heart. So our prayers go into his heart, into his space, and he takes those prayers and he puts them in a container, and the scripture says he can pour those prayers out Prayers of the saints can be poured out before him, and he can hear the prayers and answer those prayers. Now, I, I believe prayers are endless. 
eternal. They never, they never quit. The prayers of our mothers, who have all some of some of our mothers are gone, but the prayers of my mother still resonate in the in the in the the heart, the ear of God, as she prays for her son to uh, fulfill the will of God and for her daughters to be filled and you know with with God's purposes and to be God's uh, servants on earth. All the things that my mother, great intercessor, my father also, but my mother's intercessory um, uh, call was a little different, my dad. So those prayers then that they put into the, into the presence of God by their entering in to the chamber, they entered into the chamber and because of that, God took those prayers, put them in the vial and pours them out as he wills. Now, the privilege of coming into that place in the Father, with the Father, with prayer. Not all prayers are dramatic or dynamic. Not all prayers are long. And prayers are not memorized or wrote. We don't read them out of a book. You, there's people that do that. And if that's where their experience is, God takes that. I'm not, I'm not discounting that. But the prayer out of your spirit, that's what you develop. There's something in your spirit that develops. Oh, God, save our nation. Oh, God, I call for my son and daughter. Oh, God, remember our family. That comes out of your, out of your heart. They tell me that Billy Graham, if you ever told him to pray for someone, you had the privilege of talking with him as he would take out a little notepad and he would write it down and he would pray for that person. That's a, that's a big man. That's a big soul. And that's a great spirit. Faithful to pray for someone who was requested. Now there's people in my life right now that if I need a power boost, I call them up. So they'll add their prayer to our prayers. We had in our church life, we had a prayer circle or a prayer network. We had a, a woman that was our prayer coordinator. And when we had someone call the office, Sister Susie needs prayer, remember her, we would call the network. And that would spread out through those who had join that network to be on call for prayer. There were nine of us pastors in the 70s. We were all young, wannabe, future, you know, soul winners. And one of our jobs was to be on the phones at night through the night. We rotated. My, my time would come around about every seven or eight days. Someone would call in directly to my bedroom at three o'clock in the morning and they would need prayer. Now that takes, that takes, that takes some grit, especially when you're there, you get awakened by some person who should be home in bed because they're so inebriated. They need to go to bed instead of calling me, but we prayed for them. We asked God for them. 
you'll be you'd be amazed at the contacts we had. You'd be amazed at the miracles that happened in that simple sacrificial time when we picked the phone up at two or three o'clock in the morning and prayed for someone. Prayer is a wonderful thing, and it's a privilege that many Christians never take advantage of. You call a prayer meeting in the church, the percentages of people that come, you know, compared to your congregation is always very small. If you had 100 in church, you'll get 10 people out or 20. If it's a hot church and everybody is really cranking, you, you may get you may get more than that. Now, I'm just using uh, <clears throat> illustrations here, not detailed information. Amen. There's been some churches I've been to that had strong prayer. When you walked in, you knew you were stepping into an anointed spot. There's other churches you go to and it's spiritually cold and you have to drag them into the spirit. <laughs> oh, I asked the Lord after years of travel, I asked the Lord, Father, don't send me to places that aren't prepared for what you have to give them. Don't waste my time or your time by going to people that haven't called on the name of the Lord and ask God for supernatural help. So on this Wednesday, I'm calling you back to your prayer closet. You say, well, what do I say to the Lord? Go in, shut the world out, and just say, Father, I'm here to love you and listen to your heartbeat. Stay there for a while. It'll heal your in inward person. It'll, it'll give you something without words that will change your life. After a while, you'll begin to speak. After a while, you'll begin to hear. But if you'll just go into his presence and let the perfume of his love penetrate your heart, it'll change you. Now, that's true prayer, just spending time in his presence. Amen. Well, I love you guys and gals. Thank you for your time today. I really appreciate all of our time together on this Wednesday. And we are... We are halfway through the week and excited about Jesus. Hey, don't forget, subscribe. Thank you for those who have given us a financial gift. We really bless you back and appreciate it. If God's nudging you to do that, PayPal will help you or put it in an envelope. There's an address below. Thank you so much for that. Well, tomorrow is Thursday. I will see you then. And we will have a supernatural time enjoying the presence of the Lord. Amen. Until then, go on in and shut the door.